You're listening to the Kilcullen Diary Podcasts. Stories in sound from a village grown bigger. Hello, I'm Brian Byrne, and this is a review of The Bird in the Bamboo Cage, the latest novel from Kilcullen-based author Hazel Gaynor. When I got this book to read, I had a personal connection with the story. No, not with the bird in the bamboo cage itself, but with the Japanese and prisoners of war in World War II. A man whom I knew as Uncle Barney, in reality my dad's cousin, was captured when the Japanese army invaded Hong Kong. He spent the rest of the war as a prisoner of war, first on that island and later in Japan itself. I only met him twice, on his visits home when I was a child. But I'm named after him, Bernard being what I was christened, because at that time he'd not been heard from since capture. So I've always felt an affinity with his own extraordinary story. But let's get back to Hazel Gaynor's book, due for launch here on the 6th of August. The Bird in the Bamboo Cage is based on the true story of a group of mainly English children and their teachers caught up in the Japanese invasion of part of China during the Pacific War. Mostly they were children whose parents were working in China, many as missionaries. Shefu School was a safe little piece of England for their youngsters while they toiled to bring the faith to further away parts of that large land. In the manner she has perfected over her growing number of books, Hazel has taken an event of historical fact and brought it very much back to life. She novelises participants to tell their stories to today's readers, and she does it in such a skilful way that we can almost feel and hear them breathe, talk, laugh and cry. That last is part of a running conversation I have with Hazel that her books have often brought tears to my eyes at some point. That might seem a strange admission for a hardened journalist of four decades, though the truth is I'm really a softie at the core. The Japanese have already arrived when this story of the pupils at Chefu School begins, but to those inside they're merely a presence beyond the gates and walls, an uncomfortable presence but not yet directly impacting on their daily routines until they do. When the bubble of normality is roughly burst, the increasing intensity of an oppressive regime quickly impinges on every aspect of life at the school. We become part of that through the narratives of two key characters, a pupil, Nancy, and a teacher, Elspeth, otherwise Miss Kent. Both, from their different parts of school life, bring us through their own thoughts and hopes and fears. Both also bring us to the other people in the story, the other pupils, the teachers, the Chinese employees of the school who are soon sent away by the new regime, leaving the school's residents belatedly realising just how much they had taken them for granted. Through Nancy's and Elspeth's observations we also get to know some of the soldiers. As in all cohorts of human beings, there are good, there are those trying just to get on with their place in life, and there are bad. Bad, in this instance, is the one who says ominously to Miss Kent, you can call me trouble. And indeed, trouble broods through most of the story, 
a menace looming over the shoulders of those trying to retain some kind of normality for the young charges in very abnormal times. There are strings of ritual to all our lives which keep us travelling in some form of direction. School does it for children. Work and responsibility usually does so for adults. In a very English way in this book, especially considering the period in which it is set, the pledges of girl guides and brownies are a key such string. A ritual of normality that becomes ever more important as days, weeks and then years drag on. Original hopes of a quick rescue by the Royal Navy faded and gone. There's another thread involving sunflower seeds, which we need not go into here, but that anchors different events and periods of the story with a very special punctuation. Unless you are incarcerated in a place with no access to outer news, it's hard to understand just how cut off a community can be. Hazel Gaynor is adept here, showing how the world beyond the confines of where the children and their teachers are might well have moved to a galaxy far, far away. In The Bird with the Bamboo Cage, we readers are also very much in that enclosed world. But there are small nuggets of news from time to time. There always are. And these are enough to remind the interned that events were shaping their future. Enough, too, to keep the reader from getting a little stir-crazy. War is by its nature a cruel beast. It makes people cruel, too, or gives those with a propensity to cruelty the license to be so. There are cruel scenes here, but it is not this author's style to be gratuitously graphic. She understands well that the understated being left to the imagination can have an even more powerful effect as does the same technique when showing that justice does indeed come around on the wheel of karma. There's no attempt in this book to examine or analyse the big war picture. It's a story about people, on various sides of this particular conflict, trying to get on with life. The actual war is taking place far beyond the horizon that these stories' characters can see, and is drawn just enough by the writer in her character's thoughts about loved ones afar. Reflections about someone close, missing in action, can be much more effective in drawing a horror than would be a historian's or a general's narrative. Using both a child and an adult as the narrators was the correct thing to do. We see the same events from their different levels of life experience. At the beginning and as the situation and time changes both. That Hazel is English and had an English girlhood in her native Yorkshire very clearly informed her understanding of both Nancy and Elspeth in this book. On the day they heard in the camp that Japan had surrendered, my Uncle Barney began a letter to his aunts back home in Kilcullen, thinking it would be a matter of days when he could post it. Many weeks later, Tired of waiting, he and a pal left the camp on their own to find their way to Tokyo and the occupying American army. By the time he got to post that letter, finished in an American Air Force transport plane crossing the Pacific, it was 13,000 words long, with the most fascinating and at times searingly real account of the lot of a prisoner of war in that place at that time. 
So when I came to read The Bird in the Bamboo Cage, I had a background from which to test the reality of Hazel's story. It passed absolutely. I sent her an email when I finished the book saying, Damn it, you made me cry again. She replied, Job done. I'm Brian Byrne. Thanks for listening.